0: Um. Yeah, bro, we're just so pro. Let's just jump into this shit. Fuck
1: yeah, dude. It's
0: no time dad. like the present. <laughs> oh man, you're fucking pumped, which gets me pumped. <laughs> welcome back, everybody, to the Most Awesome and Brand Anna Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite, episode 116 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcasts at gmail.com.
1: I am Brandan, and with me, as always, hatching out his corn scheme, Most Awesome. That's right, baby. I hit the mic. Hopefully, the audience yeah. will hear that when I, was, when I was doing my thing. I was getting my pumped up zone.
0: Look at that, Pro. Pro, that's right. It's a pro. It's intentional mic bump right there. Exactly, exactly. I'm just fist bumping the pod. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I asked you first. Dive in.
1: Oh, beat me to it. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. We're just doing a little – today's rainy day. You know, the kids are bouncing off the walls, but we're trying to give them some stuff to do. But other than that, it's good, bro.
0: How about you? That's right. Bra- good.
1: I, um, so I know maybe we'll cover it next
0: week when we the Jordan doc gets done. I just watched episode seven this morning. Yes. That thing's fucking fire, dude.
1: It is. It's insane. Like I was like
0: I must tear at the end of seven like no spoiler Jordan, but like Michael Jordan like kind of tears up just talking about like wanting to be a winner and
1: everything. Like I fucking love Michael Jordan. And he's like, break. Oh, it's it is the most impactful moment of that. Gets me fucking fired up, dude. Like I get, I want to run through a wall. (laughs) I know for Michael Jordan. For Michael Jordan, exactly. And it's one of those things where I heard Van Lathan on the Simmons podcast talk about and it blew my mind, we'll get a little impromptu ripped here, where he talked about like the, basically what they assumed that that was signifying and probably everyone gets is that he sacrificed so much Jordan, like his family life and everything like that. He just, he gave it all away for this, you know, singular quest to be a champion at all costs. Yeah. And then they started talking about the comparison between that and LeBron. I thought what was really interesting is, is, LeBron is very much like a family guy and is is super into his kids and even so much so in like restructuring where he's going to go play next in order to be close to his kids to watch his kids and they juxtapose the two like upbringings like LeBron didn't have a father had a rough upbringing by all accounts and yeah wasn't willing to risk those bonds with his family whereas Jordan had a great relationship with his dad had that as a but his kids and his wife are not mentioned whatsoever in this documentary at all. It just, it, it was very interesting to, to, for me to see like how champions are, are cut from two different cloths. Like we expect Jordan to be this way, but then when you look how he was brought up, you could see why he may be willing to, you know, forgive the family. Whereas LeBron didn't have it. And that becomes something closer to him. That was a really interesting point that, uh, that I don't think we, we, we dive far enough into in the, great lebron lebron michael jordan debate yeah well i'm sure with
0: uh, no sports going on we'll definitely have time to do an entire ripped on it I, okay. I did want to point out one more thing it's that um there's probably just a little bit of two just like i'm tired of fucking people in my asshole about like what kind of person i need to be to make people win i got you all these fucking championships yeah i didn't want my way instead of like critiquing it why don't you take out a notebook take some notes exactly I'm so, like, at you.
1: yeah for uh, sure boy
0: mj oh, boy all right guys uh, well, that's not happening right now. Episode 116 got a jam packed We're doing riff from the headlines. We're doing baseball and coronavirus and money. Uh, we're gonna hit the inbox. Got a couple there. Gonna do MAB date night. Gonna have Trent Fry hop on. It's our fighting correspondent. Gonna talk blood sport. That's right. Oh man, you guys haven't seen this in a while, but no spoilers. We'll get back to it. I'll let you know what I think. Um, then we're gonna do the Neapolitan showdown. We're doing best finger foods, and then we're gonna finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now.
2: Extra, extra, read all about it.
0: I'm talking front paint story all over the world. It shook
1: up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shimmer. Come on. All
0: right, riff right from the headlines baseball and coronavirus and money. Why do we talk about that this week, brother?
1: Ooh, because baseball is at a precipice where we might have a, not have a 2020 season because the owners and the players can't get it together, can't figure it out.
0: Uh, so right now, uh, there was in a headline that I sent over to you, uh, Blake Snell, 2018 Cy Young winner, uh, slated to get $7 million this year, was on uh, during an interview, said if he's not getting the full paycheck, that it's not worth him to actually play. Why don't you give yeah. me that clip, brother? Gonna y'all
2: got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting a money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making the play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't making – and on top of that, so all that money's gone, and now I play risking my life. And and what? And if I get the Rona on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Oh, yeah, that stay, that's in my body forever. That damage is not going to be – like, the damage that was done to my body, that's going to be there forever. So now I got to play with that on top of that. So y'all got – I mean, y'all got to understand, man, for me to go – for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay. Like, bro, this, yeah, man, I gotta, no, I gotta get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. Okay. And that's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry if you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher and the amount of money I make is way lower. Why would I think about doing that?
0: Okay. So here's a quick take. If you say the phrase, I got to get mine, I fucking hate you out of the game. Like that's just, <laughs> right. I just apply that right now, right down the center. Like that's just, uh, just. so here's my big takeaway here. Like, um, the only saving grace, like immediately, like, uh, this guy, and I wanted to ask you, is this just kind of one of the most just tone deaf quotes that we've ever received? Or is there some legitimacy here? Because here's yeah. the thing. Uh, here's, uh, the ahead. reason I go, the only reason that takes me away from tone deaf a little bit, because there is something about a pitcher and the amount of work you have on your arm. It feels like there's a finite number of throws that comes out of an arm, and so to, so to go in and do even a shortened season for less money feels like you're burning through what could be one full season of arm strength as opposed to you know playing half the time and then getting half the pay. I just I don't like, and I'm going to let you dive in here. I just want to get yeah. this out to you. I wish he took that angle because maybe I could get behind it, but him taking the angle of like, I might get Zerona, which uh, <laughs> I'm to fucking make that quip. It uh, just kind of makes me see this as a uh, tone deaf coming from a place of greed. Um,
1: yeah. And that's, uh, and that's, and that's the thing. I think that's where owners are, are, I don't want to say loving that, but the owners are looking at it and and trying to frame it as like, well, they're the the players are being greedy. We all need to get on this. Even the governor of Illinois, uh, Pritzker, had said like the players need to set it aside. And even though, truthfully, that's not even their stance yet, I think that that's the mindset of where they're at. I definitely think like the players have definitely tried to ride a this is all about like our, our health and safety. And there really hasn't been a ton discussed on, although there was just recently 67 pages came out from the MLB about how they'll do that. And there's all sorts of crazy things about they're not allowed to hug or spit. They can't take showers after games. A lot of interesting stuff that we could totally dive into, but it just came out the other day and I'm not I'm not fully versed on it. <laughs> um, but basically what it is, is the owners wanted to, in in March, the players and the owners agreed to terms basically getting like, we'll play a prorated season, we'll get prorated pay. And the owner said that, no, there's a po- poison pill in that thing that we came together in March saying, well, if there's not gonna be people in the stadium, then we're gonna have to readjust how we pay you. Yeah. And so that's where this, the pitcher Blake Snell is coming from. You know, because he's like, I'm already taking more less money, and then what the owners had proposed in, on on Tuesday was basically like a 50 50 revenue share, which um, is a little scary on the on the the on the risk side for the players because they don't know what that's going to entail. They don't know what the revenue is going to be because if if MLB estimates that 40% of their revenue is driven from the stadium and concessions and and all those gate-related avenues. Well, now, and we're not going to have any, you know, people in the stands or very few people even, what is that going to look like to our revenue, you know? And and if I agreed to terms with you, you know, Blake Snell just signed it. He's a Cy Young winner in 2018, just signed a new deal. He's set to make $7 million. He's like, so even if I was to do a pro-rated season, I'm already going to be making half of that right off the bat if we're playing an 82-game schedule, because that's what they propose right now. So I'm going to be making 50.6% of my original salary for this year or my expected salary for this year. And it's it's really it's, it comes down to all of the responsibility and the risk is on the players to make sure that they're staying healthy and they're going to be doing it for some uncertainty. Because the other thing that they're concerned about is that they do a revenue share what happens if like a second wave comes through and knocks the playoffs out? Now I'm doing Mm -hmm. it for even less money. And, and, and I get it. It's like everything there's risk in anything that you do. I guess it's, it's all relative to what, what will make it worth their risk to endure. And I think the players are at least like a prorated portion of my salary that's guaranteed and you guys take the risk because I'm taking the risk with my body. You take the financial risk. I just don't think it's it was very eloquently said. And bla- obviously, he's playing a fucking video game on Twitch. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. and, and and fans are hitting him up, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you got to do it for the love of the game." And I think he, I think we got like a, you know, an inside the mind of what a what a real player is kind of evaluating.
0: Yeah, um, definitely can't overstate it enough that no, it was not eloquently put at all. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. So he's kind of talking about, okay, so here's, we all got to get on the same page with this Yeah. post COVID-19 life is different. Right. It just is like, um, and a like other things that happen, I know people bring up like nine eleven. you know, it changed the way like we went to airports and everything. Like it's just gonna be different. Yeah. Like, and we, and we got to figure out what that is. Uh, I don't know what the solve is. If we do like a little impromptu, it may be fixes. Um, you know, I see his point a little bit. And like you said, maybe if there's a different way you come at it without kind of this, um, the smugness maybe with a little bit more of just like this is where like I'm seeing it from which Mm -hmm. kind of makes sense what I'd like to see is you know if if in some way we looked at what the revenue split was before COVID-19 you know like was was it like you know 20 percent went towards player salaries or whatever and Mm -hmm. kind of make that same adjustment so so that way at least we can keep a little bit uh, bound together about what the relationship used to be pre COVID-19 and what it is after COVID-19, you know, it's just like, you know, like ballpark revenues aren't there anymore. And so that's going to affect owners and that's going to affect player salaries. For sure.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's, uh, there's a couple different ways. So first off their, their fear of the, um, of the revenue share is then it makes them like every other league. They don't currently have a revenue share right now. It is like as true of a free market as there there possibly could for uh, for Major League Baseball because anything that relates to a revenue share puts them in a in a spot where it's closer to a salary cap, which they certainly want to avoid, especially considering the amounts of money that some of these guys are getting guaranteed. So they, they, that's what they fought for in 1994, and that's what we lost the World Series and we lost that season that year. So they don't they certainly don't want to go in that in that direction. But I think what they what they want to do or should do is is kind of say like look like if we're gonna if you want baseball we're gonna risk our health and safety you need to sacrifice on the financial like well like if you you want us to take all the hundred percent of the risk on the field and then share in your financial risk yeah and the, and that's I think the the difference where you you need somebody to kind of make that differential right and and baseball in a in a in a weird way has a great opportunity if they could come together and get this figured out to be one of the first sports back and really gobble up some market share. You know what I mean? I I know you and I would probably be a little bit more interested than we would would normally be on any other given week. (laughs)
0: we you know, watched the most baseball we ever watched in our fucking lives. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. So they had this and, and they were talking about coming back on the 4th of July, which would be, you know, a fight. Know, know,
0: know your audience. That's <laughs> fucking perfect.
1: Right. Exactly. So it's like one of those things. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I think that they, they you know, the message is just getting muddied by, by statements like that. And it makes it seem like millionaires arguing with, with billionaires and no yeah. one's going to be cool with That's that. That's exactly what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, and and to be told, like you know, the the people that own like the Miami Marlins, like they weren't having that many people in their their games anyways. They, they could they could pretty easily socially distance with people. The Marlins are, have
0: been prepping for COVID nineteen since like two thousand and twelve.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're all set. It, up. It's the big market teams that are the ones, like the the Giant or the the Yankees and and uh, the Mets and some of those big le- the Dodgers. Those are those guys. Those teams are going to be significantly impacted. But those are the teams that, you know, maybe the Steinbrenners and maybe the, the, the Michael Johnson, Magic Johnson uh, ownership group for the Dodgers, maybe they come together and say, hey, like, we can maybe figure out and eat a little bit for this year. The other the other option, too, is, is and this has happened, Bobby Bonilla is the uh, the Patriot State of deferment salary for Major League Baseball. He got his salary deferred. He gets, He's still getting, like, a million bucks, even though he hasn't played since, like, the late 90s. And so you, there is deferment, which is more debt that the owners have to carry, but they can still kind of work around it. If they're not flush with cash now, I can defer and pay you later.
0: Yeah. Uh, that'll be pretty good. Like the, because we looked at this in the NFL, right? Because I know we were on a text study and we were talking just about like, how much does it really hurt the owners? Like what? Right. And I think the NFL was like, what, 15% is like ticket sales and... Like concessions?
1: Yeah, some, somewhere in there. I mean, it's 20. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's only eight games. So I'm, there's, it's probably not as big as there is, you know, 82 games. You know, even though they're not at the same capacities, you just, it's just a volume play. Parking and all that stuff, you, you get a lot more from baseball.
0: Yeah, I would just have to think, oh, and baseball might be tricky because I do see the NFL, like, we were just talking on, like, the stocks that we were doing or whatever. Like, NFL Sunday ticket subscriptions are going to go through the fucking roof. Right. Like with or without like bars reopening, that's going to be nuts. Uh, But baseball to me almost seems, I mean, we'll watch it if nothing else is on, but to me, this almost seems like a little bit of, you know, I love going to a baseball game because it's just that experience, you know, doing that like one or two times a year, but like, I don't watch on TV, you know, so it's just, it's, I don't kind of see the, it does seem a little bit more troubling for, baseball in the tv market if there's other sports to compete with because i don't think it's a one to one ratio where like oh i can't go to the ballpark so i'm gonna watch it on tv
1: right and the only time is is in the starved audience i want i'm gonna i'm gonna want to put something on i'm gonna want to have it on in the background so i'm gonna do that so that's where they that's where they have their biggest advantage right
0: yeah something i was betting on madden simulated football games yesterday oh it's getting dark (laughs) tough times and I will not be doing that again. Uh, all right. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about just cause we're kind of underneath the baseball heading. This came up um, a little bit ago guys. And we'll keep you updated as kind of the baseball thing uh, kind of progresses. And we figure out when they get on the field, you can bet your ass we'll jump on and do kind of an Insta Insta update once baseball figures it out and let you guys know what the ins and outs are. One more thing though. Uh, got the tiger's, pitcher what's his name petitioning for a perfect game this happened like
1: oh galaraga yes yeah
0: so this was like six seven years ago
1: i think it was closer to ten almost i think it was a while ago yeah uh andres you're getting old (laughs) right exactly andres galarago armando galaraga i think it is
0: yeah
2: Perfect
1: game perfect game so going into
0: the ninth and it's the third out in the ninth um throws uh, throws the ball over to first uh gets the guy out by two steps yeah. Uh, and the ump called them safe for some insane reason uh or um, i don't know what they're are they all called umps whatever the first base first base umpire yeah. calls them out and then um let's go blue it, it's obvious to everybody that it's, it's a huge fucking mistake he apologizes and tears afterwards the umpire does uh your boy the pitcher acts like no big deal like it kind of is what it is and now he's petitioning to get the perfect game set up what's your thoughts what's your take
1: yeah i mean i, I... I, it's interesting i'm not sure why now to, yeah exactly. to, to get it maybe it's to, to because we're again we're starred for any sort of sports talk that's new that's not related to COVID 19 it was, it was maybe,
0: on it was on his like macro to-do list and he just had enough downtime he's just like oh yeah, yeah that's right i wanted to get that perfect game so my
1: my big board it's like pay taxes <laughs> perfect you. game it's like oh, i'll <laughs> get to it next clean, year clean out the garage
0: perfect game get a haircut <laughs>
1: right uh yeah i'm not really sure why but it's it's i, I don't know i don't uh, baseball is so like stuck in its history and it's you know unwritten rules i just don't see them going back and rewrite they, most certainly they won't because then it'll forever fan interference like the the Yankees with the the Orioles kid that like you know swooped in there and caught that home run ball like there's gonna be a lot of those and we're like well if we're gonna overturn that call let's go back and let's go back to Bartman and Moises Alou and call that I mean there's just gonna be a lot of that so I don't think I don't think that they're gonna do anything with that um but it'll be it it makes for a good conversation It was such a, like, real moment in sports. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember, like, watching the ump? Like, just, he felt so bad. He almost couldn't feel bad. Like, Galarraga couldn't have doubled down and been, like, pissed because it's like, this guy is mortified. Like, he, he blew it. He knows he blew it. We all know what happened. Unfortunately, it just won't be in the record books. I would maybe like to see, like, maybe it could be, in the hall of fame as some like footnote of like a bygone era before uh, instant replay or something like that, at least like give a little acknowledgement to it. Cause that's really what the perfect game is, or you want to stand up in the record books and have your, he would now be the most like standout perfect game
0: or something. Yeah. Yeah. Don,
1: Don Larson's perfect game in the world series. is the only one that I, that I can really like ever truly remember. That would be another one similar to that.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's just fucking do it. Just give them the perfect game. Like if you're aliens and you came down and we had your little footnote thing that you talked about in the hall of fame, aliens would be like, wait, so he threw a perfect game. Everyone knew he threw a perfect game and they still didn't give it to, I don't understand. What are you talking right.
1: about? But I aliens get- it's Anyways. look, look, Mr. 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 Alien or Glebe. I like your improv. Um, First off, it was on his to-do list. Okay, so it was. It was, yeah. and then secondly, um, but then we'd have to go and write all the other wrongs throughout history. Do you really, do you really expect us to do all that legwork? This is really showing more about the human condition, and maybe you should sure. pack up and head on out. <laughs> head on out, because this isn't the planet you're looking for, Alien bros. Bras. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I'm just saying. Like, in the, I, I get it opens the door, and I get baseball has its tradition, and it's just like all this head up and just kind of like this old timey like arrogance to where they would never go back and actually correct it why not just do it and i get the slippery slope will be there but it's like i think sometimes just as a as a human race like we just get way too we take ourselves too seriously and get way ahead of ourselves it's just like what like cause if what if this happens this time? just case by case basis let's take a look at this if you pulled 100 people who watched the game if it was a perfect game 100 people would say yes including the umpire just give them the perfect game. Why not set that president? Why not set the precedence where it's just like, you know, um, I know it's gonna open a lot of doors. It's gonna be really annoying. We're gonna get a fucking slew of emails asking us to do this, that, and the other. Probably not gonna do all that. But in this one instance, we have a chance, a second chance to like wrong or right, to get something absolutely 100% correct. And we're just gonna do it. Perfect game. There you go. In history books, moving on.
1: I, I, you know, you make too much sense sometimes and it's hard for <laughs> me to debate debate you. Sure. I, you know, but yeah, I, I just they'll never do it. You know what I mean? I wish they would. They won't.
0: Yeah. Thanks for not taking the whatever morning sports report TV show take of just like Brandon. That doesn't make any sense. You're an idiot. <laughs> sometimes mistakes. Right. Sometimes mistakes make the game better. It's just like what, what? No one. None of our listeners have time for this.
1: Right. Right. I'm Mike Lupica, and this has been Sports Reporters.
0: <laughs> um. All right, brother. Let's jump into that inbox. Okay. Ooh. Um, the first one here, we have one that's titled, uh, no Jordan. All right. Email reads if Michael Jordan never existed, who would benefit the most?
1: He never existed.
0: Uh, well, if he never played.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, that's fine. It's interesting. There
0: I, could still be a guy named Mike Jordan. It could be him. There is Michael B. Jordan.
1: Yeah. Although would he be named Michael Jordan? Maybe. I mean, it,
0: I think he was named after a basketball player.
1: I think so, don't you?
0: Oh, really? I don't know. I'd be like, why would you do that? Like, if someone named me, like, who was, like, an athlete then? I don't, like, if my last name was Ryan, it's, like, someone named me Nolan Ryan, that'd just be, like, super annoying. Like, I'd be <laughs> walking around, they just, like, right. no. I think they even talked about, maybe it was a commercial or something, and I think it was about Michael Jordan, but it was just all these different Michael Jordans that existed. And then oh, just, really? like, one talking about just how disappointed people are when he shows up, and that's been his entire life. Like when he oh. goes to board and we check into a hotel, it's just like it's under Michael Jordan, so like they think they're gonna be Michael Jordan. It's just this fucking like pudgy white guy from Wisconsin. It's <laughs> <That's>
1: hilarious. <laughs> I love when like I like the uh, Isaiah Thomas who plays in the NBA now is like getting tweeted at by everyone watching the Last Dance. Like you stink, Isaiah. It's like I'm not that Isaiah. Not the same Isaiah. Both the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't look uh, the same. Have you been? Have you been watching the Last Dance? Right. So um so it's really interesting so there is such like a ripple and you watch this in the last dance of the players that just, that just he lays waste to it's it's hard to to truly i have four down because and in all ways shapes uh, it's hard uh, to pinpoint one yeah but, but i if think I, I have i think i have three you have three okay so um I think the person that, that succeeds the most, that wins the most out of this, is those early 90s Knicks teams with Pat Riley. So, Patrick Ewing, I think because you look at. Oh, yeah, that's good. You look at they took them that year that they uh, lost to the Trailblazers. They went four games, they lost four to three in the conference semis. Jordan goes on, beats the Cavs in the semifinals, and then beats the Trailblazers 4-2. So I think like I think that that was really the, the finals that game between or that series between the the Bulls and the Knicks. There, they even talk about it The Knicks were fucking ferocious. Xavier McDaniel, uh, Patrick Ewing, Mark Jackson, they had it all. I think they beat the Cavs and I think they beat the Trailblazers. I think you almost could could sit there and say that they because realistically they were better. The next year they were the number one seed, lose to Jordan. They won like fifty nine or sixty games that year lose to Jordan um, they could have won back-to-back titles I mean the the history of Pat Riley and Patrick Ewing are forever changed if Jordan isn't there Pat Riley is now in the even though I think he is probably up there he now usurps and becomes the Pat or the the Phil Jackson of what we think of NBA head coaches and Pat Patrick Ewing doesn't become this like, you know, also ran of Like, oh, he was great, but he could never win the big one. I think his career has forever changed. Yeah. You, could make, you could make a very similar argument for Barkley when he goes, you know. Barkley's coming, on my list. Post-92, 93, coming, going into the Suns, ripping through there. I think that would have been an amazing matchup between them and the Knicks in there. Um, my first one that I thought of was the Pistons. That first year when they, when they usurp the Pistons. Pistons is my number one, yeah. <clears throat> do they go on and put a three-peat on there? Because it would have been interesting. They have they've they fight a full-strength um, Laker team that they beat two years before that to start their run. It would been interesting. Magic Johnson doesn't get hurt, I don't think, again. So it would be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But you know what the other thing is that I thought about? Coming back post-Jordan playing baseball.
0: Well, let's put a little twist on these two you got because I just want to close the post. Okay, too. yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, I'm no, good, brother. Uh, you're hot. When you're hot, you I'm feeling cooking. it, man. That's the rules. You're hot, you keep cooking. You're hot, you stay in the kitchen. Uh, yeah, I got uh, Charles Barkley uh, kind of in that thing. You know, I think as time passes, he's going to get it lost a little bit just because yep. when we look back, the number one thing we acknowledge is chips, and he didn't get one. So that's, uh, you you got to think he's going to have one. And I did have the Pistons as well. I think they're kind of sandwiched in between two dynasties, you know, uh, in the Bulls, and then like kind of like beating the Celtics and everything. And there's just like, there's this pissiness vibe you get like from the pistons, they're just like they're kind of not touted. They kind of just get lost in all this Lakers Celtics Bulls talk. And it's just like, shit, we had a fucking like powerful. You know, I mean they get the kind of the bad boy rep, but it's still like this underdog where it's sure like they would have gotten like a little bit more respect. Uh then my last one, um <laughs> probably Clyde Drexler, be a yeah. little bit better for him <laughs> if he was just like, oh man, you gotta set me next to this motherfucker. Shit.
1: Right. Okay. So then, yes, I have that too. Clyde not getting eviscerated by Jordan and just, you know, being destroyed, never having that career again, kind of the same, but what happens to saying it, it all plays out, you know, then the rockets go back to back or, you know, somebody wins those chips during those years when Jordan should have been playing baseball Uh, magic penny, they Mm. go up. They lose in that second of the back-to-back between the Rockets. You know, that's where Jordan just come back, and that's where Nick Anders says, you know, 45 ain't like 23, all that other stuff. They come back that next year. Shaq's still there. It's the last year of Shaq and Penny. Penny's still there. They win 60 games that year. They crush everybody. If Jordan isn't there and then they go on to, fight, to, to, to match up against the Seattle Supersonics with – it would have been interesting against Sean Kemp And, but they would have had a year season. They would have been a little bit more experienced than even the, the supersonics heading into that year. It would have been really interesting. I don't think they don't blow up. I don't think the 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 headbutting between Shaq and Penny doesn't happen, but maybe we get another year or two. If they win a chip, it'd be really interesting to see how that changes the legacy of the uh, Orlando magic.
0: Yeah, brother. I'll go with that. It makes sense. Even though like, it's so it's still like a little bit more, that was not as high for me. Cause you still yeah. have the, uh, you have, you know, Shaq really making his dominance known mm-hmm. with uh, the Lakers and then getting one with the, I'm
1: going to lose my mind. He got one with the heat, right? Yeah. He? he got one with the heat. Right. And this is, and this is my, this is to my point to Pat Riley. Right. So yeah. he goes Lakers chips. Knicks, which deifies him in New York yeah. basketball history, and then goes to the, the Heat. We talk about Pat Riley as like he's the greatest basketball coach ever. I mean, he really, him and Patrick Ewing are the two guys I think lose the most from Jordan.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's three different ones. All right, good brother. That's why the fucking talent. All right. Uh, next email. Better player. Who's best basketball player? Bill Lampier, Sheed Wallace, Draymond Green, Ron Artest, or Charles Oakley? Uh, has the enforcer position been removed forever? What's more likely to come back? The NBA enforcer, the NFL fullback. Is this a fucking joke? What is it, what is it with this emailer and fullbacks?
1: Yeah. I think it's a is it a fullback that's writing us? Maybe it could is it juice yeah. check, is that you? Instead of,
0: well, you're just, yeah, it's just like I gotta get. Um all right, so best basketball player, let's tackle this first. Uh Beer, Sheed Wallace, Draymond Green, run our test, Charles Oakley. Who'd you got?
1: So so it confuses me because I mean rashid Wallace is the is by far the best player in that in that group i see, yeah. I, I, I don't i wouldn 't necessarily consider him an enforcer the way Oakley and Lambeer were or even our test was Draymond in this modern era, I guess you would call him an enforcer, but he 's more know. just jawing it at, at you he 's not like which is which is this which
0: is like our generations or this like this is the actual what the enforcer is it 's the uh it's a fake tough guy who who said that was it kevin durant or kevin durant got called a fake tough guy
1: um i
0: think kevin durant called somebody out for being a fake tough guy i think it was, he, yeah i
1: think so i, I think know. you might be right yeah yeah exactly but yeah in this right in today's era the tough guy is somebody who's gonna fucking yelp review you to death or tweet at exactly, you exactly exactly yeah um so she she by far is the most skilled in that group now if we we're actually to really look at like enforcers if you look if you looked at charles oakley if you looked at Ron Artest and you were to look at Bill Lambeer, I'd say Bill Laimbeer was the – Bill Lambeer's game would have actually translated for his ability to step out and shoot threes in today's era. He wouldn't have been able to stay on the court because he would have just bang people to death. I mean, he would have just hammered them. Um, but I think he's probably the most skilled between Artest and, uh, and Oakley.
0: And I did, I did like the fearlessness of Lambeer a little bit. Yes. You know, like, it was just, like, he, like, even if he knew, like, it was about to erupt and he, like, was surrounded by all, like, the other teams, it's, like, he didn't give a shit. Like, yeah. he, he was
1: fucking for Lambe- You're right, 100%. Lambier did not give a fuck. And he, he was the type of guy, which is always the scariest guy in the fight, where it's, like, he's not afraid of getting knocked out or getting his, like, teeth bashed in. Yeah, He's, like, I'm going to fight you. You can't stop. You might win. He doesn't care yeah. about winning or losing. But he most certainly will fight you.
0: Uh, okay so God, my Mondrian, beard. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there any other tough guy? I can't I couldn't really think of one. Just like a guy that's going to give the hard foul, that's going to get teed up playing in there, the league right now? Yeah, there are guys. There's some guys that like their temper tempers get out of control like the uh you know, the Morris either one of the Morris twins from
1: Marcus Canada. Morris or Markeith yeah. Morris. Yeah, 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 yeah. there's some of those guys in there. There but there's like the sneaky guys that you don't realize. Like Jerry Stackhouse for some some odd reason was a guy that's like don't fuck with jerry Stackhouse. like that dude will doesn't play around uh udonis haslam has always been in that like these guys aren't guys that you would jump off the page but they're guys that have like locker room clout pj tucker is another guy it's like you're not gonna fuck with pj tucker
0: i guess that makes sense it may be a little bit why we don't see a lot of the enforcer anymore it's just like there's not a lot of you know post game it's yeah. like, we're not like doing a lot of stuff in the paint. So I think that's where that shit kind of would erupt. Right. Like you get down there and it's also like, it seems like the foul calls going more towards like even less contacts for the players flying through the lane. So it's just kind of,
1: Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure.
0: That would be a safe bet. Um, all right, guys, keep your emails coming in. Thanks so much. We'll answer all questions including any fullback questions you got cinnamon fullback talk, talk. Fullback. <laughs> fullback talk. Um, All right, let's get Trent Fry on here. Talk a little blood sport. Bring us to the jam.
3: Oh, yeah, it's the mad date night. The showdown is where they fight. Here they discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this podcast. What's up, brother? Hi, uh, just chilling poolside in the uh, zona. How you doing?
0: Nice, man. Nice. Um, we're doing well. Thanks for hopping on. We're um, like, you say, see that? That's how the pros do it. Just railroaded you, bro. Get right into it. I'll do it. Shut the fuck up, guest. 1988 Bloodsport. Um, T-Boss, you, you know you're our uh, official Thank MAB you. fight Hi. correspondent. Uh, you got a chance to rewatch this. How many times have you seen Bloodsport?
3: Um, I gotta say, I saw it roughly, maybe I could have. I snuck it under my parents' radar probably three times in the uh, early '90s, mm-hmm. and then once I- yesterday. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, how many times do you see it? Most
1: awesome. I was gonna say yeah i've probably seen it a handful of times this is the first time i've seen it in a long time that isn't just like uh you know highlights of van damme doing van damme things in the fight scenes like the whole lead up to it is was 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 awakening i was it was an experience i can't i can't put i don't want to say too much because we're not there yet
0: Okay, we'll get there. Okay, so this is based on Bloodsport 1988 starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, runs about an hour and a half. Based on a true story, Frank uh, Frank Dukes fought 329 matches from 1975 to 1980. He retired undefeated. Uh, that's 65 matches a year, which averages out to five matches a month. Trent, that's a lot of fighting.
3: It's uh, highly, highly unlikely. It's... Uh... <laughs> I would, I would, uh, in the kindest terms, reference that figure as speculative. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Well, have you have you heard about? And I don't want to ruin uh, Bloodsport for anyone out there. Have you heard about all the claims, the the stolen valor claims of uh, Frank Dukes, and how basically all this shit is bullshit, and he's he's a big fat liar.
3: Oh yeah, like yeah. I, I can't list them off, but he is one, I mean, it, it's just less and less, like like as time has worn on, it's become less and less like a, like it is, in, to his credit, in 1985 Karate Magazine did like publicly claim that he won the Kumite yeah. uh, like in 1980 I think, in the 1985 edition, whatever month of Karate Magazine said that he won it. But I mean, you also got to admit, like, Karate Magazine in the day was, was more, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was one dude that was trying to get fucking karate out there. Right. Like, I, like he was, I don't think that their, their, their uh, research was so deep.
1: I think Frank Duke's reference in that article, uh, or cited his buddy, as someone to like verify the match and like they followed it up years later and the guy was like, what do you want me to do? I'm friends with Frank. What do you want me to do? It was like, oh, okay.
3: Okay.
0: When when the name of your magazine- is so on the nose of exactly what you're covering, like, there's not a lot of that subject in circulation. It's just like, Karate Magazine, great. So I got this corner taken care of. Like, I am the foremost expert
1: on karate. It's almost like he tried to do like the, like the the Yellow Pages version. It it would almost where it was like A to Z karate. He's trying to get up there higher on that profile.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, I'll one up you. I'm pretty sure it went something like this. Frank Deuce went up to Karate Magazine and said, hey, I won the Kumite. Four years ago and karate magazine said well why should i believe it and he goes well i'm an expert on frank dukes and they go well that makes sense <laughs> yeah
0: and Frank duke's like i have a magazine it's called Frank duke's magazine you want to read it
3: <laughs> right Right. Yeah, yeah that's my source <laughs> my source i guess that's where i get all my information right from so, frank dukes i have an insider <laughs> source i can tell you who
1: i thought you i thought the guy was gonna be like what's a kumite don't don't worry about it it's very secretive okay
3: all right I'll, this sounds great yeah yeah so, Trent, what's your yeah, knowledge yeah. Sometimes you put them on a Caesar salad. Sometimes you go fight <laughs> to the death. I don't know. Kumite, kuta it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, so, what's your knowledge? Uh, you're a big uh, UFC fan. Obviously, we've kind of seen mixed martial arts go through the gamut. This is, this is early mixed martial arts. So, was this Kumite thing really kind of the first dose of, like, mixed martial
3: art fighting? Um, yeah. I, I mean, to my knowledge, I, I can't speak for all of – you know movies but um like as as far as like really coming front and center putting it in front of everybody blood sport was the the i mean i don't know a magnitude 10 times bigger than everything before it i mean you can argue enter the dragon for sure don't ever forget bruce lee and, and bruce lee really brought martial arts um into focus, it invalidated. Everybody just went, "Whoa, what's this little dude that beats up everybody?" But then, sadly, uh, maybe, maybe not. It maybe it's just an observation of how the, the the world works. But like, you have a crazy ripped white guy that does the same thing, and then it moves it even further towards the center um, of everybody's of everybody's mind. But it's it's literally like. Even more than Enter the Dragon, they, they were like, we're going to draw all the different kinds of martial arts together and see which one's best. Um, which, by the way, as an aside, did we all notice, I'm sure we, uh, both of you watched the movie recently, how crazy racist it was. <laughs> I didn't even realize it until I saw it. The, the, the two black dudes in the, the, that were in the kumite, one had an a completely fictional I am a monkey yes fighting style right and the other one just basically opened his eyes as wide and white as possible and then got chopped like like wood by Van Damme did, did we see this did yes. you guys notice this yes, yes. Yeah, yeah the
1: the the monkey style guy was uh was was wild it tough. was like yeah. I, I I, I yeah and I also remember I was like First off, let's not forget like 13 year old Most Awesome and Brandana and T Boss were all in on this back in the day. Like suspension oh, yeah. of disbelief through the roof. But even then, I was like, that can't really work. Like, that's not going to be a good <laughs> technique. That's just yeah. doing cartwheels in the middle of the, the, the canvas is not going to be like a sustainable way to win. Not against Chung
3: Lee. You're doing that against Chung Lee. No way. Not again. No, I No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, thank you. Thank you. Because I had qualms even when I was, I was like, yeah, like monkeys are dangerous, but, but I just had this problem because we aren't monkeys. Right. So it feels like, like, like I could be like, yeah, I'm going to be dragon or tiger or lion. But the problem is, is I don't have fangs and claws. So I don't know if I can do it as well as they can. Right. I can't conjure
0: up monkey strength. Okay, so let's let's do let's let's pull this band aid that we've been waiting to pull. This movie is fucking awful. Like it's awful. an hour and a half. It's too long. Trent, I'm gonna throw it back to you because you know we did our basketball movies in March where we kind of broke it down, and one thing we'd always return to is just like, how is the actual basketball? So I'll ask you this: like, how is the fighting? This is like this is like mm. white they can't jump basketball. But, like, for the fighting in the actual movie Bloodsport, like, it's just, it's, I know we've come like a long way, but it's all the, like, most of the fights are like short. There's not like yeah, a, man. like, a real big, like, back and forth. Like, someone just kind of dominates. Um, I know I'm not throwing a lot at you, Trent, but I know once you start, your motor starts getting going, you're just going to run with it. There's also like, he fights five matches, like, the day before mm-hmm. the final in one day which that's mm-hmm. nuts, right? I mean, that's got to be great. So the big thing is just like, how's the fighting? To me, it seemed like, and most awesome, maybe you chime in real fast and then Trent takes over. Just, it seemed like really quick cuts, uh, everyone dominating. It's, I don't like some, the techniques, like people were just, you almost seen like them kind of like bracing themselves for whatever fight choreography, the very little fight choreography they figured out. Like it just was not rich in that area for something that's supposed to be like a movie centered around fighting.
1: Uh, I'll go quickly for uh, nineteen. What was it? Eighty-eight. I fucking loved it. Yeah. That's it. That's
3: all I got. <laughs> okay. I, still, okay. I still fucking love it. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I will say this much: like in a nod to realism, I was really, I and I didn't appreciate it at the moment, even yesterday when I was watching it. But by the end of the movie, I was really the the most realistic fight that kind of showed, as far as like then now how a battle would actually go down is when jean-claude van damme and uh ogre from uh, uh revenge of the nerd <laughs> yeah ray jackson um, ray yeah yeah Did they, when when they battled on that video game <laughs> in 19 the, yeah the like now that that i watched it close because i played the the shit out of that and that's exactly how that fight would have gone down, right? <laughs> like the, 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 the it ends, it, it, literally it always ends with a roundhouse. Um, and yeah, that was, that was so, so accurate. Um, but after that moment, it's important for the viewers to know that defense is 100% a real thing. And there was almost none of it ever in a single moment in the rest of every single altercation that we were to see so um, so you're saying so
1: you're saying that that frank dukes in the semifinals didn't really take take 12 kicks to the midsection right before the finals game (laughs) against chung lee and just was baiting him saying come on that you're telling me that's not really what happened trent i'm I am – I, you know, I mean,
3: listen, like, I, I can't say what's real and what's not.
1: It's bullshit. But man. what
3: I can say is that's a fucking lie. Okay. And, now you're, um, just, you're just
1: crazy talking now.
3: Yeah, okay. You know, I, I'll go out on a limb. You know me? I'm wild. I'm crazy. It, it, it's a COVID American. I'm sitting poolside. So what, okay. what, what do I give a shit about? <laughs> so but you, I am –
0: your official take is there is no strategic advantage to getting kicked in the ribs 12 times in a row. without
3: blocking. No, no, there's no world I okay. where I, I mean, there's no world, but, but even that aside, like, I mean, I'll actually like, that was so much for the movie that I'm okay with it. What, what, and, I, and watching it, I actually remember being frustrated with this as a child because I'd never been in a fight. Like when I was little, like my parents wouldn't let me fight my brother. Like we just never really. But I remember watching, and going, "Why do they take turns? Even when it's it's just unadulterated offense, it's like fight and then ah and stand, and then the other guy gets the punch as if and, and like it's it's like they neither one can ever see anything coming, and they just take the hit and then they ah like it, it was it was. Like the pause fighting is the biggest problem, and, and the, the just disgusting naked use of slow motion <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was, yeah. was and, ridiculous. And his crazy face. Uh, all right, like so that let's, movie let's... is only forty-two minutes long of the <laughs> hour and thirty-eight. If you don't allow for
1: <laughs> that yeah, that and montages. The director yeah, three, loves some montages. fucking montages. Yeah.
3: With with the like the late
0: 80s, early 90s trope of just like having the theme song for the movie, like use the exact words in it. Like it's like kuma-te. Kuma. it's like Fight to Survive.
1: I tell you what, man. I was kind of like, this song is kind of good. Am I low? Am I low key like, this oh, song yeah. is good? Is this good? I don't know. It's a, it might be the best part of the movie. Oh, definitely is. Uh, okay, so going
0: in there, so uh, toughest plot points to swallow. Um, so we talked about Ray Jackson a little bit. So I gave him the odds of him winning the entire Kumite at plus 4,000. Uh, his his fighting styles seemed to just be like, like brawls. But here's my thing. Um, a little too fast of a friendship. Yes. Like Ray Jackson gets a Thank little you. obsessed with Frank Dukes, like a little too quick. It's just like relax. I just – you know there's number one there's like a 25 percent chance we're gonna have to fight each other at some point right. so let's just fucking right. stand the corners and then there's also just like he's just like yeah that's my buddy that's my it's just like i don't it's like you need like more male role models in your life or something like it like he <laughs> tackles those two like guards with like the shock things it's yeah. just like man like are you, are you trying to date me bro are you trying oh, to date yeah. me
1: yeah, I didn't. I don't understand the love story between. That's truly the real love story of Bloodsport, not him and not between him and Janice. Uh, although I don't understand where Janice's relationship was, and I and I had to go back and watch it again. You know, they don't announce. She doesn't say what her name is until after Ray gets put in the hospital. Like the whole. We don't know what paper she writes for. We don't know what her name is until well after they fuck, and then. Van Damme says her name in the hospital after Chung Lee puts out Ray Jackson. It's the most insane. <laughs> character oh, I'm, I'm
3: sorry. I, I just have to let you know, like you know that, like according to like any kind of uh, cinematography history, women didn't need a name until after they married the main character uh, until the year about 2005. We've come a long way since then, but yeah, that oh. that, that that's pretty much how action movies worked.
1: Oh, well I, I stand corrected then. Okay, I think
3: I think uh, the female reporter
0: might be the most overused trope in anything. Here's my thing with the sex scene. Like, no nudity, that's fine. Shocking, because, I mean, this movie had all – the only nudity you get during the sex scene is Jean-Claude Van Damme's ass when he's pulling
3: up his bikini boots. Yeah, chiseled so, ass. It just – <laughs> Hold on, there was a sex scene? I think whatever uh, – I think I watched it on Hulu. Did that get cut out? Because I'm going to write my senator. I'm pissed. <laughs> no, no, there, was, there wasn't. there was That's why I was surprised.
0: Like, this just, this had, you know, this is Tango and Cash. Like, it just had that that late 80s vibe of just, like, the unnecessary nudity that's going to happen and the sex
1: scene that comes around, like, the 65-minute And it just oh, didn't happen. Yeah. It maybe that's, Okay. Yeah, it, it's in there. It's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no scene. It's just after. It's post-coitus. You see Van Damme's but, fucking rock but hard But how
3: beautiful was that whole scene where like van Dam establishes himself as alpha by betting her entire <laughs> life a- and you know and basically like her own sexual agency on a hand trick like yeah. a- and she let's be honest women you love it out there because he won and so he did, he did your whole gender a favor there is what I'm being led to believe by this, this movie. Is, is it, yeah. I'd like to hear from the audience, send in emails if that's how you feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I,
1: I'm I, much like, I don't think it's, it's wise to make like uh, rapey bets you know what I mean? Like you're get <laughs> taken up into the room. I don't think you should do that. It was, it
3: was insane. It was, <laughs> that my, was. That was literally, I mean, like, let's boil it down gentlemen. Like literally these are the two alternatives. If I lose, you go rape her. But if I win, she, this is the thing. The, the I win is stated as, she's mine <laughs> and like, i mean yeah, he had good intentions not. thankfully you know but like ow i don't know if it stands up
0: yeah another another tough hang i had to rank those on um that um the child acting in this movie all the acting actually is uh is the problem okay guys so for the lines i had chong lee at minus 160 <laughs> going into that final match. Um, who'd you like kind of in that final match going into it? I mean, do you think do you think Chong Lee's the favorite or do you think everyone's on Frank Duke's side?
1: I mean, first off, I think Duke's is interesting, but also did, 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 the, did word get out on Duke's, did, did, did word get out on Duke's breaking the bottom brick? Because if I see that him yeah. not breaking the other, like that, you become instantly the favorite.
0: Okay, can I say one more? I just want to say one more plot point, and let Trent jump on. Frank Duke's is fucking late for everything. And someone that brought up and was like disciplined in like a martial art. Like punctuality is kind of part of that, right? <laughs> right. Like he's always fun. like even for the last one. I know the officers, but everyone's was just like, "Where's Frank Dukes? So, so the night he sleeps with that girl, he shows up late first time. He shows up time. late. Not not even in his gi or anything. Just in a fucking in his coat. It's just like, get your fucking head in the game, bro. Yeah, right. You're about to be fighting. And then on the the finals day, like he I know the cops try to stop him, but you could tell people were frantic, like, oh, like where's where's he at? Like he's not here yet. He's not here yet. That that cop scene took like two minutes in that alleyway. So he was already late.
1: Punctuality. and surprising that they only brought two cops in really to like stop him to apprehend him. like this guy's a fucking fighting and fuck machine he's not gonna get stopped by two two. they
0: also they 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 use some of the local cops but instead of them swarming at once they just like hide one in each doorway every 15 feet
1: yeah they
3: pause
0: team up let's get going what do you think trent
3: well, I—I I mean, I agree. Uh, I think that's an '80s trope that we, even as children, always wondered: like, why do they always take turns to attack? It always feels like, like you could you could win if you just went at the same time. Um, but I, in for for a full decade, people felt like that was bad movie making. Um, so. You know, we got to see Jean-Claude Van Damme utilize uh, trash can bins, um, you know, to, to, to save the day. It, it's, I, I I just really loved Forrest Whitaker without a lazy eye. That was, that was the best thing. Un- until he met Jean-Claude Van Damme, he could, he, he could shoot with either hand. Um, after that, it looked like, you know, one, one, I don't know what happened. But he didn't take uh, Van Damme's training on on the movie set, I can tell you that much. Um,
0: I think think he had the lazy eye in this.
1: Who knows? You couldn't tell. Uh, I didn't understand why his other cop buddy kept interrupting him every time he talked. Maybe that's another trope we don't want to get into. I don't
3: know. Well, listen, Brandon, the Kumite is happening in L.A. this year in about one week. So if you think he's got a lazy eye, why don't you come and settle it with me? and I, I will fucking blood sport the shit out of you and yeah I, I got about 12 pounds of chalk i'm gonna have under my waistband so watch them eyes
2: all right yeah. there
0: you
1: go yeah hot take
0: uh okay so for you guys real fast as we're kind of doing this plot build what's the one thing you practice the most after watching this movie was it doing shit blindfolded or trying to do the splits Ooh. I, oh I, wow I, I got split obsessed for like did you get
1: splits? This I yeah. was trying to do like jumping, jumping roundhouse kicks. That was my move. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see.
3: Um. Yeah, yeah. I just actually, I was just punching in the air a lot. Like nothing specific. I know the listener Joe Joe Booth um, claims to have the story of he was wearing, working. He, he was uh, in the trenches as a lineman, and he did the split – nut punch to somebody on the line it's never been confirmed nor denied Mm. um but but i'd like that i wish that was on tape somewhere i that that was like my favorite bullshit part of the whole movie actually was here here's the thing size in fighting couldn't matter more like, I, I, like, as a guy that I'm just a blue belt in jujitsu, let me tell you something. A guy that outweighs you by 200 pounds can absolutely destroy a highly trained person that's significantly smaller. But the whole point of martial arts is that if you're small, you're 100% going to lose against a guy that much bigger than you. If you're highly trained, you've given yourself the opportunity not the guarantee But the idea that like oh yeah I punch a guy in the nuts I'm fully doing the split so I am as least mobile as humanly possible right now standing in front of him he would have hammer stomped that guy in the midst of his agony instead of falling backwards like 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 a Canadian lumberjack just cut him down it's ridiculous Um, he punched
2: through his balls
1: all the way up to his brain dude I saw that brick I know how that works. That's who's stunned. He was. Oh, he was acting conscious. Death touch, bro. That's touch. Fucking talking, talking well,
3: death. Tanaka. To, yeah, touch, yeah. Well, the the dim mock. Yeah, you're right. Dimmock. Dimmock. He dimmocked the shit out of him, and um, the death punch is real. Like Bruce Lee could uh, could actually explode hearts with a one inch punch.
0: Um, all right, real fast. Uh, so ah. I'm gonna fire up a new kumite. Uh, let me know who you like in this kumite. We got. Um, yeah. We got, uh, We got six fighters. We got John Claude Van Damme. Steven Seagal, Conor McGregor, Raphael the Ninja
1: Turtle, Mike Tyson, Bruce Lee. Ooh, Bruce Lee.
3: Whoa, um, is it Mike Tyson now or Mike Tyson Prime?
1: We'll do Mike Tyson. We'll do all Primes. Ooh.
0: Tyson... All Tyson Prime?
1: Had, yeah. Tyson had real... Oh. Or Chung Lee had real Tyson energy in this fight, too, by the way.
3: he was Yeah, and his. also yeah. the... Literally, let's be, can we just speak truth to power? Chung Li had the nicest set of tits I think we've seen in 30 years. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't know. I mean, and those were naturally installed. You know what I mean? That, that wasn't augmented um, other than hormonally. Like, he had some teats that would, mm, I'd put those hottest, on a lady. It's,
0: it's the hottest rack you see in this movie, for sure.
3: For sure. Thank you. Thank you for – yeah, that's actually the context that I wanted for it. I appreciate you providing that. Um, All right, let's see. Um, To be honest with you, real life, it's – okay. Immediately the top three are Conor McGregor, Mike Tyson, and um, Raphael the Ninja Turtle. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Good
0: call. Okay, so Steven Seagal's kind of full of shit, right? But Jean-Claude Van Damme actually had some sort of training, yeah? He was a
3: martial artist. Jean-Claude Van Dam had some kickboxing matches. Like he, from what I can understand, he had one like on the record kickboxing match that he won. It wasn't like a world title um, or anything. Like Chuck Norris actually won a world karate title, and but it's point fighting, which means that like it's you're only allowed to kick to the head. You you can't punch to the head. Like you, you can actually look up karate fights now, and it's. It's crazy. Like, you see dudes are only allowed to punch to the chest. So there's no defense. They, you like, literally just see them, like, machine-gunning punch punches to each other's chest. The weirdest non-fighty shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, did you Seagal's read about that in a Karate Magazine, or where did you get that from? <laughs> no, 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 You can see videos of it. Like, oh, like well. karate. Like, b- these are the Karate World Championships. Steven Seagal... Uh, basically fought Jenna Mc- Jenny McCarthy to a stalemate on seeing her tits on the set of some show. That's literally his deepest um, credit. So, so he's out. Um, I got to say, like, it, it, this is the weird thing, but Tyson's mystique is almost impossible to overcome. I'm pretty sure that if McGregor was to fight him, he would not be a total idiot, and he would take him down. And then you can actually see video of Conor McGregor fighting. I forget his name, but he is a – I think he's a weight class up from what McGregor is, but he's a world champion in boxing at that at that weight. And, Mag, and McGregor, in this video, takes him down, and the guy is laughing, going, I, I don't know what to do. And McGregor's just destroyed. He, he becomes – like a kid in a schoolyard fight the moment he doesn't have his feet under him. And that's literally what happens to a boxer that spent his entire life learning how to punch when you're not allowed to be struck below the waist or taken down.
0: Okay. So, so let's, let's, I, t- let's take this to the end then. Let's just, let's uh, we'll just get Mike Tyson versus Connor McGregor. We all know that Bruce Lee kicks ass and we all know that Raphael has the fucking size. So he'd be doing his damage, but just Connor McGregor, Mike Tyson, let's say that's our final is there any way that Mike Tyson can stay on his
3: feet? Okay, first of all, if – you didn't say that, but if Rossi Ho is allowed a metal fucking weapon, yeah, he kills everybody. Like, immediately. Yes, like, so I take me against now. Conor McGregor with size. <laughs> Jeez, I, I – it'll be, it'll be crochet. It'll be needlepoint. Like, I, I would, I would do, do him up, and it would be home sweet home across his chest when I was done with him. But – Outside of that, yeah, no, there's no way that Mike – assuming Mike Tyson doesn't train against being taken down, yeah, there's no way he stays on his feet. Like, like, literally, he has – he spent his whole life not training to knock somebody out, and he only hits a split-second chance to throw a punch he's never known how to throw, never seen coming – that That McGregor has practiced i mean it 's funny you could he would just learn how to do an Minri role, which if you if you look at what I-M-A-N-A-R-I, i m a n a i m n e role is it 's almost impossible to punch somebody while they 're doing it, and then you go to your feet like you, or go to your back like you, and, and that 's the other advantage that McGregor would have is if you 're fighting somebody to take them down, they have no takedown defense nor do they know how to fight on the ground you can employ tactics you would never use against somebody that knows how to fight there and knows how to fight on the way down like it, it, you, all you have to do is look up uh, Randy Couture against James Tony. he takes James Tony down with a low ankle pick which in the normal world in the MMA world you would never ever use somebody is going to you up but he knew that james tony who is a world heavyweight boxing champion had no clue how to defend a takedown so he can just use the easiest trick in the book to go to the ground and then and then tony was terrified for his life that's how it works i like it sounds good makes sense
0: perfect uh you ready to move on uh favorite lines most awesome we got another plot point
1: no that's good I, i i we hit them all
0: yeah gobbling up the time here. Thanks for the deep dive fighting angle, T-Boss. Favorite lines, uh, real fast. I um, already had Kumite's song. We covered that. Um, the OK USA is a lot of fun. Here's, here's what i will just like to highlight with the favorite lines. So the Asian inspector randomly runs into Forrest Whitaker and the other Asian at the table and they're eating the food or whatever. The Asian inspector just casually is like, no, I never eat here. That should be terrifying. If you're eating at a restaurant and someone that lives in the town runs into you at that restaurant and you're just like, Have you ever eaten here? And they're just like, No, I never eat here. Like, you need to follow up with more questions.
1: Right. Do, do we talk about young Frank and his uh, what kind of deal? What oh, kind
0: man. of deal? Oh, yeah. T Boss, what was your take on uh, young Frank Dukes, this uh, actor who, for whatever reason, career didn't pan out? This is only I'm doing. <laughs>
3: Was he, oh my like, God!
0: Does, does he talk like this, or was he trying to do a Jean-Claude Van Damme impression?
3: I like I I couldn't understand it. Um, honestly, like, like it's not even a like I, to call it wooden. Like the the actual, not just the performance was wooden. The actual actor I think was stop motion carved out of wood. It, it was it was astounding. I I was like I not see this before. I totally bought in. But it did have my favorite line where the little the, the son of the um uh, of the sensei was Chingo. like Give up, Round Eye. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." yeah. 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 Oh, like, like, should we serious? play it for it? Can we play it? I think we need yeah, yeah, to it. Do, let's, please, let's hear, let's hear please. any racism against white people is, is my favorite.
0: <laughs> do you, um, where are they now? Um, start out. Uh, Ray Jackson. Do Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, he's he's dead. He died yeah. in the next Kumite. He went back.
1: And, um, I don't think he ever left. I don't think he ever lo- leaves Hong Kong. He loves that. it there too much. He probably gets you know caught up in uh, the wrong side of the tracks. Dies.
0: Uh, I did. Um, Lin, which is the guy that shows them around. Uh, I love that yes. guy. He's hilarious. Mr. Lin? Uh, yeah. Did, did we realize also um, that he explained the rules of the Kumite when they were sitting down watching the first match? I think Ray Jackson and Frank Dukes, Googled the rules of the Kumite <laughs> before they got on that plane
1: flight.
3: And headed
1: yeah, well, you know yeah. what? that's for a little device for the audience, right there. I love Mr. Lin.
3: Why is I he mean, still yeah, invested I'm, in there? In not... their... Go ahead. Go, T. Boss. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I was. I. I loved how, like, naked the movie making was back then. Like, because I. I kept thinking, like, I've seen fucking Citizen Kane. <laughs> is that pretty sure? That was made in the 50s. But um, nobody that had anything to do with this movie might have seen it. Because they were just so obvious on... I, uh, Yeah, yeah, this is the moment where we tell... <laughs> we're, we're just going to set... Like, the first five minutes was literally like, what's going on? We're just going to watch everybody fight three seconds in, like, a weird way, like, oh, this guy's got a fat body and he hugs this guy. This guy's um, kind of like a monkey. Like, like they, they didn't give a shit about continuity, character development, anything. Um, and then they cut to a 13-year-old fighting. Like, like all of it was like so was, linear is not even the word. Um, but yeah, the uh, I lost my train of thought. It's bad for radio, but it's okay for me.
0: <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Right? Yeah, it was. Uh, so,
1: side. We get it.
0: The an hour and a half. Um, another big thing I want to point out is you don't need to give me uh, flashbacks uh, when you know when Ray Jackson goes to the hospital, and then eight minutes later, like Frank Dukes is having like flashbacks of it, I'm thinking about it during a montage. I don't need to see scenes that I just saw like eight minutes ago. Like I've got like my memory. Like I got, I got it up here. Like right. I, I remember how the story
3: had
0: been advancing. Uh, all right, you got oh. to more on um, Chong Li, real egomaniac. What's this motherfucker up to?
3: I mean, a little bit. Can I ask you guys a question? We In the final scene when he destroys Chong Li, and he has that jumping split roundhouse, which, by the way, you don't need to extend to the splits on the other leg. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't help at all. Um, it was that four shots of the same kick, or did he do that kick four times in a row to ultimately destroy the monster that is Chung Lee? I, I, I watched it with Jack. Neither one of us could quite figure it out.
0: Oh, like if the, if the movie-making thing was just like, they're going to show you this kind of like four times. Like, you're going to get three instant replays in a row after the initial kick?
3: Right. Like it was, it w- I was really confused after the second one. I'm like, hold on. Does he just keep Rat and Chung Lee so resilient that he stays on his feet? And because they showed it from different angles and different close ups, uh, marginally different speed, they always stayed on the good Kumite beat. So like, like, you know, my soul like, like felt the, the speed of it, but like, yeah, I couldn't understand. Did he roundhouse him four times or did I- he? just do it once so many times, just so well that it needed to be seen four times. Good
0: question. I, I think you did it four. Let me ask yeah. you this real fast. Um, is there ever a time when you kick somebody with the bottom part of your foot? There was a lot of like – like it was almost like a slap with the foot, like watching it. And I was just like, I don't – don't you normally kick with the top side of your foot? Isn't that sort of making the contact?
3: Well, I mean, actually, you want to – like preferably you you land with your shin like i mean when you that's the thing i mean you'll 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 see knockouts with the foot and everything but like the shin is what really brings the pain yep yeah or, or like the heel right you want to if you could get them with the heel
1: you, yeah. yeah. you want to do it with your toes you're gonna break your toes i've walked into enough right. barca loungers to realize <laughs> that's not a good strategy for yeah.
3: fighting well, yeah, although, like, the, the thing that isn't talked about too often or known is that, like, we, especially if you're a heavy hitter, like, Chuck Liddell, who was arguably one of the greatest fighters in UFC history. I mean, he's in the U.S. He, he not arguably, he is one of the greatest. But I think he was undefeated for 13 fights in a row, at light heavyweight, owned the belt for over four years. Um, he broke his hand every time he fought. And, and that once you get into the big time, you uh, that that's just how it is. Is some dudes hit just hit harder than their bones can handle, and they know they're like, Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get in a fight, and uh, I'm gonna break my hand on your head. But if I hit you so hard that my hand breaks, you pro- your, your brain probably like goes click, click, like when I uh, pulled a chain on my uh, bedside lamp. Um, and, and when you're with Liddell, it's true. Um so yeah uh, the that's a long explanation of you there's certain ways you would like le- punches or kicks to land but you're just going to kick um so if you if you land with the top of your foot on like a like a front roundhouse you you'd rather do that than lose a fight but if if you've got like a back kick and you're coming in with the heel absolutely you can look up uh Anderson Silva against um shit not Vigo Mortensen, Vitor um, <laughs> Bell, Bell, uh, Belfort. Um, and you'll see he kind of like has a flick kick on the front side. It's one of the greatest knockouts of all time. Um, but, yeah, like oftentimes when you're throwing these punches or kicks, you, you do break your, your toes or, or metatarsals or, or your hands or different things.
0: We keep telling you, tell us to look up things. We're talking psychology. Doesn't work. We're trying to do that. Quit rubbing our face in it. You're I embarrassing know.
1: us. I, I was like, man, we got uh, a lot of homework.
0: Fuck. I do. I do. I do want a I do want a t-shirt that reads, or maybe we'll get this for T-Boss for his birthday next month. But I want a shirt that reads, uh, "I punch harder than my bones can handle." Ooh, so fucking bad.
1: Right? Merch, baby.
3: Like, that, uh, don't you want to get there? Like, B, remember when we took uh, kickboxing for, like, a minute? And, yeah. and like, and you, like, like, and you learned, you were like, dude, this whole punching through where you're aiming thing, I oh, can just feel the power. And then you put, like, a nice dude-sized hole in your wall. <laughs> you're like, like, I can put some dude in there. That's yeah, about I the tell- size of my fist. Like like that. a like a Hello Kitty purse of dude, just bam! Like that was nice. Like I it's, saw the man in that, and uh, you've only grown since then. I like it.
0: It's basically like that test they did where you sit a kid down in a room and you put a chocolate donut, and you're just like, "I'll give you two donuts if you don't eat that chocolate donut in the next 15 minutes." I was just like, "You know what? The donut was. I know how to punch now. See what it does to drywall." <laughs> <water." laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, Trent, if you got ten more minutes, we'd love for you to stay on and judge the Neapolitan Showdown. We're doing Top Finger Foods. You interested?
3: Uh, you know what? I got a good lady, and she just crossed the whole pool to grab me a new Corona so that I can do this. So shout-out to Jack Buddha and, uh, you know, friend of the pod. She uh, she supports you guys. Is
1: Was that
0: a yes? Excellent.
3: I don't know. No. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah.
0: I will say what's good. Really fast, uh, let's judge this. How many air horns we got? We do five air horns. Is that right? Most awesome?
1: I think so, yeah. We never it get it right. <laughs> never get it right.
2: right. Are you ready? Brown. Brown.
0: Oh, I gave two. Two out of five. I'll two
3: give it
0: a three. Brown, Oh, man. Yeah, that was Neapolitan Showdown, bring us to the jam. So
1: let's leave it alone. Because we can't
3: see eye to eye.
0: all right neapolitan showdown top finger foods um we got t-boss gonna stay on do a little judging on it Um,
3: i'm with you yeah let's get
0: it yeah uh okay so i my number three slot um i have potato skins no sour cream obviously yes Uh, this one's at the three spot because it's a little delicate because you cannot have them there's some foods that taste okay or better when they cool off a little bit. Potato skins get a little fucked up. Yeah. Like if potato skins been sitting there for like two hours, then it tastes like really chalky. Like the cheese ain't quite right. The bacon's a little like dry and crispy. But you get them just right, not too hot, not too cold. Like you know, ten minutes after they drop on the table. I mean, you got potato, you got cheese, you got skin, you got onion, you got bacon, and it's just like a
1: little boat you put in your mouth. Potato <laughs> potato skins are kind of like the. Uh... The like the hot pockets of food, right? Like you, you never get them like they're nuclear hot on one side, cold in the core. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> you know that what I mean. Happen. That can happen. Yeah, it could happen. It's um. First off, I ain't mad at any of these finger foods that are coming at you. That anything that you say, I love all finger foods. Finger foods are my jam. I do like potato skins. It's a good move. It's a good bar food. I, for my number three, T-Boss, I'm going to go with a staple. You can never go too wrong with this. It doesn't matter what crackers they are. It doesn't matter what cheese they are. I'm going just straight up cheese and crackers. You could go, you could give me fucking Triscuits and Kraft slices. I'm in. I'm win- I'm in it to win it. I love it. It's a great little finger food. Give me cheese and crackers. If you, right. if you zhuzh it up and get a little like fancy, get a little Asiago and a Triscuit. Holy right. shit.
3: wow yeah no no i'm trying to trying to figure out which uh i mean cheese and crackers i feel like you might be overly influenced by the uh creation of human life paul um because uh is that just let me ask is that a regular snack in the dawson household
1: no, 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 no. That's for fucking fancy times. That's Party City.
3: No, it's just, oh, I just, oh, I, I, really? I
1: don't, any any hors d'oeuvre setting, uh, I'm always a big fan of the cheese and crackers because I can make my own. I can build my own little, you know, landscape on this Trisket. I love it.
3: Okay, one set, one, okay, one chance to save, name the cheese. Ooh,
1: uh, I will always go. I will always dive deep into a Brie cheese. It came up on our top cheeses beforehand. I know Brandana's not into it, but I love me some Brie cheese. Soft cheese for a soft Oh, one. my.
3: <laughs> Holy shit. I got... Listen, a man that, that climbs up to the highest, highest highs of the high dive and then puts his toes off the edge and then looks his creator in the eye and says the words Brie, it wins my heart. Yeah, that's three points to Paul D. No points to Brandon.
0: Suck it, Brandon. We know how it works. Be so specific about the score. All right, number two spot. Oh, this is actually – I did not prep this. I already had this before I knew T-Boz was going on the pod. He taught me how to make it. I'm doing gyoza slash pot stickers. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is nice. the win for you. So T Boss used to do this thing where he'd get it from Cherry to Joe's, he'd make it, he'd let me eat like two or three when I first moved to LA and I didn't have any money. It was like kind of feeding like a dog scraps from a table, it's kind of the thing we had going on. <laughs> Even like, put these pot stickers in, and then instead of using water, because it'd be like a, like a quarter cup of water in the skillet substituted soy sauce yeah. cook that soy sauce with choice yeah. i like
2: it yeah
3: I yeah like that it. little wuhan sauce Yum yeah. dumb, <laughs> dumb.
0: oh then that spicy oh, mustard look. yeah it's been a staple in my it uh it does some things to the internal plumbing i don't want really to get too deep
1: like oh, uh, a little bubble, gut. <laughs> little bubble gut?
0: Yeah. yeah, people okay. are gonna people are gonna know when you kind of <laughs> when you owned up on that gyoza about four hours ago yeah Ooh, uh, I, oh, love
1: absolutely. I love it i love it I can't judge all any of these, I love all of them. I'm gonna go with my number two. It's a classic, it's a staple. You know when you're at a good party, it's, uh, it's prevalent. I'm gonna go shrimp cocktail. Give me some of that. Give me shrimp cocktail, give me the cocktail sauce, dip and I'm on the go. By the way, I will fucking fight you if you don't get all the tail meat out of there. If you just tear it off at the at the husk, don't get in there, I'm gonna fucking murder ball you. I will eat tail I will eat meat. your tail meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Steel> wasted tail
3: <laughs> meat. Now you get tail meat. Oh my gosh, Paul, you are like I can't believe you're using cocktail sauce against my Giosas because that you're right. Like I, I I am infinitely infuriated by the waste of people that leave that. A, there, there are, what, four segments of shrimp? You're, there's a fourth. You're wasting a whole segment, that treasure, that tail treasure right there in that segment. But, B, you know you had a winner. You know you had a winner? Uh,
0: oh, yes. Oh, yeah, my but, goodness. Audience. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You can't. You can't. like, And you're right. You put it in at number two because the only detriment to the sh- uh pork Frying delight. I couldn't remember the name of it, so I'm gonna make it <laughs> up. There you go. It's okay. the fact that you put it in a number two and it causes problems with the number twos. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's 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 a perfect thing. Okay. Uh three points to Brandon. Um no oh, points to Paul.
0: Dead All heat right. going into All it. Right. Yes, yeah, so thank right. you. Um I'm sure you know the rules. We do not talk about number two like happenings on this podcast. We only can't yeah. on it,
1: so. it's, it's an anti brandon a rule. You stayed in the
0: lanes. Way to go, buddy. Um, all right, my number one spot. Um, this is a little chalk, but it should be fine because Paul has been awarded things for, like, cheese and crackers. <laughs> uh, Come on, cocktail. Come on, bro. Uh, I'm going chicken wings. And I know if mm. my boys and everybody out there see me eat a chicken wing, I, I get made fun of a little bit. I don't like getting the hot sauce underneath my fingernails, so I'll be peeling off that napkin. I'm a uh, I'm a drum guy. I'm not a flat guy, but uh, is, you know it's chicken. A little bit of protein, a little bit of protein, kind of helping install those shelves upstairs. And then it's like I just I love hot shit. But, you know, try different sauces and everything. Keep your ranch and blue cheese yourself. I don't need any of that.
1: See, this is where some, it goes off the rails for me.
0: Sticks, but it's just it's a great vehicle to just get some really spicy,
1: sauce going on. Yeah. So do you do you do the like? pull in and just like pull it out like a uh, like the a maloney the, yeah I see you Maloney do that?
0: do that. No, I don't. Okay. I probably uh probably much to your point on the last one, I leave a lot of tail meat <laughs> on <Right>. those <laughs> of those chicken wings. Uh, I just kinda get what I mean. I just because you know chicken has a weird thing that if you take a bad bite of it, like steak, if like kind of your last bite is like a bad bite, it kind of just taints the entire experience.
1: Yeah if you go like, back Grizzly like cartilage.
0: In, yeah, actually, get like grizzly cartilage. Just give me, the, give me the prime spots. If that's a little wasted chicken on there, no problem. I got 12 of these motherfuckers. Right. So right. I can my thing.
1: Yeah, I like it. Well, that's a good one. It's a tough one. Um, if, if you guys both attended my wedding, uh, so you guys know I love snacks and finger foods. Hit of the wedding. Well, besides from my marriage to Dr. Mrs. the Kamish, sure. were the sliders little miniature hamburger sliders you could slather them up any which way you want you could even just dip them into anything that you wanted hamburger on the go the soft little roll hawaiian rolls or other things like that that's going on give me fucking sliders all day every day a little bit of onion a pickle delicious do you think the slider was invented and we'll have you uh
0: score this final one trend i just want to get my questions out there and just maybe Maybe just kind of paint for the judge a little bit of what I'm trying to say. Do you think the slider was invented because it would be gross to say that I ate three cheeseburgers? And but if you had like twelve sliders, like ain't nobody counting your sliders. No, you know what I'm saying. Like it's just like a slider, like they're finger foods. I had a bunch of them. But if you're just like I had three adult cheeseburgers, it'd be like that's uh
2: portion control.
3: Yeah, no, that's a good uh. I I think sliders were invented because. Fucking burgers are awesome. Fuck yeah! And we got tired of looking at a menu with three different kinds of them and not being able to choose them all. Mm. Um, I mean, that's personally why what I think the genesis of sliders were is don't don't I'm not your slave. I get I get it all. I get everything. I get what I want. Um. But that being said, like holy shit, you, you you threw down wings against it, like Brandon. What are you trying to do to your boy T? Like why you guys got to go hard and mean? It's, it's a right. classic. This is a classic battle. We f- we high f- high. we finger food harder than our our stomachs can handle. Yeah, <laughs> like like no no I mean fun, like everybody talks about Sophie's Choice. That shit's easy. That you pop you 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 know you you pop one top of a Bud Light and you know I take the boy. Like that's like I mean it sucks but it's obvious. Oh, yeah. This Looking for to these emails. This is still... horrifying. Like, 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 I, I listen, first of all, we're talking about the, those those fucking disgusting human beings that just like, 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 Hoover, or fucking Dyson, like, the meat off of the bone. They're, they're not even enjoying it. The way they enjoy a wing is bites, bites suck. That's, that like, like, a, every like wing enjoyment is the same as every nocturnal encounter It, it bite bite suck and that that's how i do it you know you put it on one side you flip it you put it on the other side and then you get that that little 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 narrow space that you got to just suck that meat out all right all right. right okay don't take don't. it easy
1: take it easy
3: there's, what, there's what? kids around it there. there's kids around <laughs> you trent God damn! Well, gonna well, I hot. mean, I guess you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna have to change the radio in your pod. But you had Trent Fry on, and it's not my fault. Um, and you know, similar to the slider argument, you get to try all them sauces, which is what, like, yeah. really. Let's be honest. The wings are about that. Do I want that dry rub? Do I want that? Do I want that heat? Do I want to test my mate? Because I went Beautiful. Australian. My, I'm gonna test my mates on that high heat. Yeah. I don't know. So you think Um, you're going with
1: Brandana or, or does Sliders have a chance?
3: Oh, I can feel the anticipation, sir. I can feel the anticipation, sir. This is what I got to say. Like wings, wings are fucking ridiculous. And I legit Brandana can speak to this. I was really, I was looking around this president market about what, um, kind of uh food would be positively affected by a coronavirus quarantine and i pulled up Wingstop and was just my finger hovered above a thousand shares and then i didn't do it for various reasons that i won't go into but i should have because they're up like 196 percent in the last i think three weeks um so wings i'm clearly gonna give 20 points
2: Ooh, nice
3: but I got to say something. Okay. I love me a burger. And I just recently agreed to a keto diet based on my fiance's preferences. And it's not a problem. I actually don't mind it at all. And so I'm eating a lot of burgers, sans bun. So I'm going 20 points with sliders as well. Flash round. You guys just say the name of one finger food. You both have 30 seconds. Go for it. Win it now. Additional oh, finger food. Um. Ooh. <clears throat> Okay, the additional finger food I'll go with is
1: 10, 9. Nachos. I'm going nachos. Oh, that's good.
0: Paul's got nachos.
1: Uh, God, I'll go egg rolls. I'll
0: go egg rolls. I just fucking lost.
3: Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I award all the points that exist remaining. Every single case, 3,096,742 points. To Paul Dawson's for the American nachos. Fair
0: enough. I, would almost I don't know if it's American, if, but I, that's fine. I'll take it. If those would be a favorite <laughs> food, but I guess so, if you need a napkin. Um, all right, T-Boss, thanks so much, brother. Thanks for hopping on. I know you got a little bit of a um, uh, hanging out with the lady day, so definitely thank her also for letting you pop on, because
3: that's how it goes. When you're and uh, we'll get you on again soon. I love being here, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Good to hear your voices absolutely thanks so much, Ren. talk soon thanks run bye-bye all
0: right brother um figure that out you took down another neapolitan showdown put it on the spot there we're pretty tied up all right i see you
1: yeah yeah, yeah you. exactly
0: <laughs> all right uh we're definitely breaking the hour <laughs> of power yet again t-ball man who cares t-ball almost pushing us to a two-parter right there we'll <laughs> keep it on one uh, all right mvp of the week i got uh my nephew ryan and all the other 2020 graduates out oh um Graduated high school. Congrats to him. Look, guys, uh, I'll do my little commencement speech. It's not gonna be up there with Obamas or whoever else is dropping theirs, but um, here's my advice. I know you probably feel a little cheated. Um, I'm sure most awesome would back me up. I kind of remember my graduation, and it wasn't about being packed in that fucking hot gym. You're no. fine. You didn't yeah. miss a lot. But you know what you can do? Maybe lean a little bit on how you do feel cheated and maybe those graduation checks. Maybe a couple extra c notes in that card
1: Ooh, yeah, oh yeah exactly exactly
0: play it up a little bit play it up i testing. like it
1: there you go i like it that's always thinking brandana you put the you put the what is it the the uh what was that what was that stupid song you liked with the the graduation song with the with the guy with baz, or yeah, baz lerman or whatever yeah. yeah what's the, what was the name of that song Spotlight uh, or whatever always for a sunscreen always wear sunscreen yeah, yeah so sunscreen. you should just tag that in in that just you know guilt your relatives in for an extra scene note yeah <laughs> just stretch it out just add like that as one of the verses on there 100%. Right, exactly the yeah 100 um so i'm gonna go with uh a gentleman uh, his name is Joe. he goes by the handle joke uh for madden you were betting on madden earlier rydell Brito won sixty-five thousand dollars in the madden bowl uh, where they created their own teams and used like a, a salary cap structure to do this went with a very controversial run only format didn't pass, didn't even oh. have a quarterback went with his quarterback as Tress way, the punter for the Washington Redskins just ran the ball, beat everybody, won the Madden bowl, 17 to nothing, an outlier, a forward thinker.
0: Why I don't want to gobble up too much time, but we can talk about it in our MAB after dark that's never recorded. when we kind of just do our follow-up with each other. This guy, he just, so he basically freed up the money to just get like a bunch of like good running backs and then just. Stud
1: stud defensive players, defensive ends, Frank Clark. uh, And then, yeah, they didn't even say who those running backs were, but I'm sure he just had like a trove of them and just was like, all right, next man up, next man up. And just Just snap directly to the running back. No, no, no. He he had the punter punter was the quarterback and just hand off the ball yep probably fumble a few times
0: uh, all right guys this has been mab sports podcast episode 116 thanks for jumping on if you guys want to reach out to us please shoot us an email at mab sports podcast at gmail.com um hope you guys are staying safe staying healthy and had a few laughs on the pod if you guys want us to hit any date night affixes, fixes anything you're thinking just send us that email
2: i am brand
1: why don't you sign yourself off most awesome guys you know i pod harder than my audience can handle
0: Glamour Runway Style
2: Fame
1: She likes fashion